0: Sucker, written and narrated by Mark Lingane. Copyright 2014. Episode six. I pressed the buzzer on the enormous front gate of limbos. Game was a nice burb, certainly in comparison to The Basin, made up of decent, hardworking people who didn't have the imagination or backbone to be criminals. It had taken a bit longer to get the day going, but I was never a morning person. It had been getting harder lately. It could be something to do with all the violence. A voice crackled through the deteriorating speaker, determining my intentions. Here to see Jorgen. After what seemed like ever end a day, the gate clicked open, and I made my way in through the rundown old garden, parts of which were tending towards towering jungle, needing a machete. The path twisted and turned on itself so many times you could spend an eternity trying to get out if you got lost. I eventually found a series of cracked marble tiles, corrupted by weeds, stepping up into the building. They led in through an elongated archway full of portraits with eyes that followed you as you passed by. There was a janitor putting up a new portrait. The face was half concealed so I didn't recognize it until it was too late. The foyer was black marble with gold inlay. A crazy chandelier hung down, threatening to pull the roof with it. Most of the lights were broken. The place had been sweet once, but now it looked like boredom had sunk its teeth in and then fallen asleep. There was a lady of a certain age standing behind the desk. She was dressed for cocktails with her hair done up beauty queen style with a set of gold rimmed half moon glasses chained to her head. She was scratching a pen across an old ledger. There was an old brass desk bell next to her. I removed my hat and cleared my throat. After she reached the bottom of the page, scribbling on her ledger what appeared like a series of meaningless words, she looked up. You the phone lady. If I answer it, she replied, I flashed my badge. She lowered her glasses and squinted at the small card. What's that? My badge. Badge for what? Licensed investigator. She raised her nose into the air and presented a face of disgust. You need a badge for that? I thought the only requirements were a healthy disrespect for other people's privacy and a conscience that dissolved at the sight of a handful of sweaty candy. I shrugged, she's allowed her opinion. I'm sure it's an attitude that will serve her well when the time comes, as it will with a place like Limbo's when she's looking down the wrong end of some homemade weapon wielded by some out of town thug that's got orders and no understanding. Is Jorgen in? We got no one by that name. I gave her a flat look, the kind of squashed Liz would give her. I spoke yesterday. We've got no one by that name. She repeated through clenched teeth, her hand moved beneath the desk. I rolled out a couple of handshakes and placed them on the desk next to each other, all neat and symmetrical. I could see the greed in her eyes. Limbo's was a place where the candy talked, especially if it was sweaty. Considering the heat of the day, I hoped Jorgon was the same. She lifted her hand back and whipped it across the old marble. The handshakes were gone. You sure you're not a cop? I swear. You can have 15 minutes before I send down the heavies. Your time has already started. I gave her a dark look. Where is he? Room 1969. It's the California suite. 13 minutes. She vaguely nodded in the direction of the east wing exit. The room numbers were random, so I needed to check every single one. I would almost swear that when I backtracked, they would change. I put it down to the heat. The minutes ticked by as my urgency grew. I found the room, I checked my time. There was barely eight minutes left. I dispensed with the formalities and pushed open the door. In the end, I didn't need the eight minutes. The room was all hollywood, plush and sumptuous with mirrors on the ceiling and a bottle of champagne on ice by the bed, dedicated to the love of the self. The ice bucket was frosting and looked seven ways of temptation in the midday heat. Hugh Jorgen sat in the middle of the room in an oversized chair with ambitions on being a throne. Behind the celebratory figure sat an old set of iconic relics from every faith, each given its own space in the expanse of shelving. Hugh had a fat cigar in his mouth, the smoke colouring up and around the solitary light. He looked pretty pleased with himself, grinning like a Cheshire cat. A fat diamond Rolex encircled his wrist and his fingers were loaded with golden jewels. He had sharp clothes, sharp hair, sharp shoes, twinkling eyes and looked a million bucks. So it was a surprise to see his throat slit. It's not how it looks, cried Mina. She dropped the red 18-inch long dagger from her hands, its end slicing through the rich carpet into the floorboards. Please believe me. There was a sudden movement behind me, and all went black. All was dark. I felt the stretch across my shoulders. I opened my eyes. There was a dark tiled floor several feet below me. My eyes closed. I felt the stretch across my shoulders. I opened my eyes. There was a dark tiled floor several feet below me. A couple of blurs, possibly people shouted. I felt a blow to the side of my head. My eyes closed. All was dark. All was dark. I felt the stretch across my shoulders. I opened my eyes. Time had loosened its grip on perspective, leaving me in a dizzying state of awareness. The large room wheeled around in front of me. The smell of blood filled my nose. My clothes were gone, made apparent by the cold chill of steel pressing into the back of my body. Ropes were tied around my wrists. I was standing on a small metal plate. I could feel small holes with my toes. I stretched and stood on my toes and the burning in my chest eased off. But before long, my calves started to cramp, then shake under the strain. The room was deathly quiet. Light, as there was, crept in via a sliver of a crack under a door to the left. It hinted at things in the room rather than illuminating. There was something big and solid in the center of the room. At the edge of hearing I could make out the slight wheezing of someone fighting for breath. It was coming from the right. I looked around as best I could and stared into the darkness. Eventually the glow of a slight young woman's porcelain skin came into focus. She was hanging down from a huge cross her wrists tied, and her head hanging forward and down. I called out to her, but there was no response. She didn't have long. I felt my own breath struggling against the pull of the muscles across my chest. My nose started to itch. Involuntarily, my arm twisted to reach. The the ropes, of course, held it in place, but there was some flex. I wrenched away at the ropes, twisting my wrists until they burned. I could hear the bombs begin to fray, signifying they were against a sharp metal edge. I continued with my body crying out in agony until white spots wheeled in front of my eyes and red descended down over my vision. The intense burning in my arm pushed on through until the numbness and the strength started to drain away, but I could feel the ropes continue to loosen. I squeezed my fingers and thumb together and gave one almighty pull. My hand came free. I swung down and forward, my feet slipping off the plate. I hung from my left arm, still tethered to whatever was holding me. The pressure on my shoulders was intense as I struggled to get footing on the metal plate. Sweat had run down my body, making my feet slippery. Increasing the difficulty. Eventually the situation stabilized. I had my feet on the plate and I was able to work away on the remaining rope. Within minutes I had it loose enough to pull free. I lowered myself into a sitting position on the plate then felt my way down until my toes touched the floor. As soon as they reached the cool stone I was standing free. Relief flushed through me. I shook life back into my limbs. I made my way over to the door, my feet slipping on occasional wet spots. It was locked. I felt around the doorway until I found a light switch. It made a heavy clunk as I flicked it. A couple of lights in the far corners slowly brightened up. They were at floor height and sent a freaky shadow up around the room, which was big enough to carry a hundred people. The walls were lined with livestock equipment like the vinyl had on display, but these were worse. The vinyl equipment was about herding, this was about killing, and there was a table toward the center. It had a plate of food someone had been having dinner while watching the show, and standing tall in the dead center of the room was a great altar. There was no mistaking it. The great winged demon carved out of stone sat on one end, its claws reaching down. Stone half-head sat on each corner with channels running from the center of the stone slab to each mouth. The thing looked older than time and more evil by half. Pools of blood were scattered around the room. On one side where I had been there were three large metal crosses, crucifixes. Two were empty, the third had a skinny blonde thing fighting for her life. She was naked except for a brief set of secrets wrapped around her vulnerability. I looked down, I was the same, a set of underpants was all I had and a set of bloodied and exhausted limbs. I spotted a sharp knife like tool on the wall and wrenched it off. I clambered up onto her small metal plate and our bodies squashed together. Her head rolled around fighting against unconsciousness. I could feel the heat of her body against mine as I reached up and hacked at her ropes. Her hand came free and fell over my shoulder. Her second was easier and she was soon draping over me i hitched her up and she wrapped her legs around my waist her face fell against mine and her mouth brushed against my ear she whispered something inaudible i twisted around and slowly and with some considerable discomfort because it isn't too often you find yourself in such a situation i lowered us down onto the plate my legs burned as I dropped her down. As her feet touched the floor, I let her go and she collapsed. I jumped down next to her, shaking her face, yielding no response. Her breathing diminished to the shallowest of gasps. Her eyes flooded, life was draining away from her. I ran back over the door, grabbing a long pike. I slipped the end into the door jamb and levered it open. Wood splintered and metal cracked and the great steel door swung open. It was a good two feet thick I ran back over to the young lady Her eyes were closed and her body was limp I checked for her pulse I checked again Then for a third time I sat back, the urgency was gone I had another dead skinny blonde thing arms shot up into the air, her fingertips glowed white and irradiated an intense cool that sunk straight through my skin and deep into my bones. Without flexing she stood up, her eyes snapped open and she turned towards me. I scrambled back and forth for purchase on the bloodied floor. Her eyes smeared with dark blood moved towards me, and I'd be a liar if I said I saw her legs move. I would even swear she didn't touch the ground. I took a couple of steps back and she continued forward, pushing me towards the corner. Her hand was reaching out towards my chest. I could feel the burn and the crushing pain on my heart, like life was being sucked away. She squinted and her face twisted like she was having trouble. I wrapped my hands around her waist and tried to force her away, but she was as unyielding as cast iron. She pushed on and I staggered back, tripping and stumbling. My hand landed on the table and searched for something to use as a weapon. My fingers wrapped around a butter knife. I grasped it and then thrust it towards her. It bent, bent against her shoulder. I flailed for something else. I grabbed a handful of food and threw it at her, catching her full in the face. As it sailed past, I caught the scent of various herbs and an easy one to recognize. I ran for the door, she leapt after me, pushing me to the ground. I clambered forward, but she grabbed my ankle. The burning was intense and shot all the way up my body. I cried out in pain. I lunged forward and grabbed the pike. She was up and leaping for me, her glowing hand fully extended. I raised the pike just as she started to descend like some demented demon and it punctured her stomach. She collapsed to her knees, eyes blank. Her impaled form went limp, hunching forward, and then started to shake. The twitching increased and her arms snapped forward and grasped the shaft sticking out of her. She pulled on it until she ripped it out of her body, then letting it clatter to the floor. She grabbed me around my throat and flung me across the room. I landed heavily on the altar. Before I could blink, she was standing above me, feet planted either side, looking down with those deadly blue eyes. She reached behind her and pulled an 18-inch dagger from the mouth of the stone demon. I wrestled with her impossible strength as she braced with the dagger in her hands, and we stood locked together, both unyielding. Then there was the slightest of flex in her arm and I pushed. She spun around and I smashed her hand into the face of the stone demon. She roared and spun back. I took her momentum and thrust her back into the statue. I pounded her wrist into the ancient stone repeatedly until she cried out and dropped the dagger. She leapt away and I lunged after the weapon. I ran for the door. In a blink she stood before me, barring the exit. She circled around and hissed at me, her face had lost the beauty and looked half animal, her fingers took the form of claws and she leapt, I brought around the dagger and she scrabbled to avoid it, but it was too late, the 18 inch dagger sliced into her chest, her eyes went black and her head lulled to the side, then there was an explosion, so bright, so loud, it emanated out of the air itself, in a moment where the entire fabric because space exploded, the room turned into a raging fireball. Diving for the doorway, I rolled as the ball of flame threw me against the floor. It roared away up the stairwell into whatever was above. I jumped up to my feet and ran up the stairs, still with the image of the young lady impaled on the dagger, her eyes a combination of rage and sadness. I burst into another large open room, a party room, one I'd seen before. Welcome to the vinyl. I wondered how I'd explain this to Watcher without him calling the funny man in with the street jackets. Maybe this was one I could leave behind. One thing was for sure, I needed some expert advice.